Welcome to SestraCast, the Orphan Black Podcast. I'm Jean McDonald, and I'm here with my co-host, Kathy Campbell. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Jean. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Excited to talk about this episode. Me too. I um, was thinking that the first three episodes are so exciting. What could episode four, you know, I couldn't remember specifically what happened in episode four. And then I, as I watched it, I'm like, oh, everything happens in episode four. <laughs> so I know we have a yeah. lot <laughs> to get to, um, but you're going to appreciate this. I did not give episode four my full attention prior to this recording because I have a house guest who's never watched Orphan Black. So what did we do oh, last night? You watched, watched Orphan Black. Black. We first watched, three episodes. No, <laughs> not the first three. I, oh. I cut myself off at one. So it's my friend Maya, and she's here to volunteer for App Camp for Girls, which is the nonprofit that I'm involved with that teaches girls how to make iPhone apps and become future software developers. And Maya... And I, we often watch TV together if there's something we're both watching. And she said, oh, I could watch Orphan Black with you because I told her I needed to watch another episode. And I said, well, you can't watch episode four. You have to watch episode right. one. So unbelievably, I sat through it completely engrossed again. I think I've watched that episode at least five times now. And so well, and I recommend it. at least it. once recently. <laughs> yes. Too. It's crazy how, uh, how good it is. It's really good. I don't recommend getting too distracted, Kathy, because you have a lot more episodes to watch. But if you ever have a friend who needs to watch something, watch episode <laughs> one again with them. I'm glad we're moving forward because I'm excited to learn what happens. <laughs> I don't have time to rewatch. Come on. Yeah. So today we are discussing episode four of season one, which is called Effects of External Conditions. And I think that, as we mentioned in the previous podcast episode at the end of episode three of orphan black it ends on the new clone who's shown up the one with the fluffy curly blonde hair and a sociopathic gift for murder and she right. is extracting rebar from her side and there's so much blood and so much oh scary moments and that's where this episode opens is. Right. It started <laughs> with all of the blood and the guts and the sounds and ugh. Yeah, yeah, it was intense. And this coming from someone who I enjoy watching Game of Thrones and I watch, you know, <laughs> all of the Law and Order and all of these these types of shows that have this for some reason, I don't know if it's because it was so close like the the filming of it was very zoomed in and so you're just seeing bits and pieces of it um so you're seeing little bits of the blood dripping and you're seeing her uh sewing her skin with the meat uh, <laughs> it, it was just it was very intense and the, and the squishing of blood and yeah it was it was hardcore yeah and then it gets creepier <laughs> Yeah, plus she's she's saying I'm not Beth the entire time she's doing surgery, like right. doing surgery, saying I'm not Beth, and you're just like, oh, well, why why is she obsessed with this part of it? I'm not Beth are the words of Sarah at the end of the last episode when this new character I'm calling Clone Five, the blonde. Uh, with the Slavic accent, she's about to kill Sarah, and that's when Sarah says, "I'm not Beth." So it's it's a quote from Sarah, and right? It's not. It, it has the double meaning with this new clone saying, "I'm not Beth," because she's repeating what Sarah she's said. She's not Beth either. She's also yeah. not Beth, right? But then it gets even creepier, like to horror movie proportions, uh, in yeah. my opinion, um, when you see a young child coming down the stairs where she is. At first you see the picture in a picture frame and then you see the little boy coming down and I'm just like, is this her son? Uh Like uh, what? She has a boy like, and then we learn that it's not her son, thankfully, but 
She turns around. She just looks like a ghost, practically. She's got her really pale skin, deep, dark, red circles under her eyes. It just looks creepy. This mass of, you know, dyed blonde hair with thick roots. And she turns around and she holds up her bloody glove and, like, shh, to this kid who's looking. And, ah. And the smile. Yeah. And then she, she waves him in to the bathroom. Yeah. And closes and so the door. And I I was worried that she was going to kill him. Yeah. I think you're supposed to be worried. What really got me watching it this time was that pan back or whatever, pulling out the the, uh, the frame to see the bathroom door with all the light spilling out around the cracks, you know, around the mm-hmm. uh, edges of the door. That was like... I'm like, that's like a horror movie that I've never seen because I don't go to see horror movies. Right. <laughs> this is the worst scary cold open of any of these orphan blacks, and that's saying a lot. Yeah, it's it's super creepy, and you're just – it. what a way to start the episode. That's yeah. all i got to say. <laughs> so after the credits, the next scene opens at Allison's house, and it's Allison and Sarah discussing – this new clone that's uh, turned up and tried to kill Sarah. And Allison is really confused. Like, why would, why would one of our own be killing us? And it's a good question. And that's probably the question. The question of this episode is why, Yeah. who is she and why is she doing this? But the scene also reveals an interesting piece of information for us and for the other clones is Allison talks about she has a family to protect. You know, she has these two children who look totally adorable and did such great cross-dressing with Felix in the last episode. So we know that Allison is a soccer mom. She's a mom, primarily. That's her her big identification. And Sarah says, well, I have a family too. I have a daughter. And Allison says, is she your biological daughter? And Sarah's like, yeah, like, no big deal, but obviously there's something there's a big important there. Yeah. So because Allison says you you could have told us about this, you know, um, that's the first clue that um, the existence of Kira is more than just a a extra supporting character. I'm just like wait, so Kira obviously being a biological child is very important and it makes me start questioning okay so are they barren no that's a good or, question or does this mean that sarah might be the original because she's not like she is able to have a kid like all of these questions were just like why is this a thing yeah and then of course they don't talk about it at all the rest of the episode yeah that was that's true it's just dropped in there for future reference Something to something else to think about. So so we've got got already two mysteries, and we are only like four minutes into the show. Right. Great. Um, yeah. Well, and actually, uh, at, I wanted to mention too. Um, Allison was like freaking out to Sarah, but she reins herself in. Like she stops the bitchy Allison oh. commentary. Uh, in the conversation, which I f- found really interesting, especially because up until now, she's just been this crazy person who just <laughs> like flies off the handle and, you know, is is very much angry at Sarah for not being Beth. Right. And so I – and further on in this episode, Allison also has a lot of growth and just like – becomes more of a sane person and not just the mama bear soccer mom. And I really feel like this conversation that she has with Sarah is the start of that journey, which was really interesting to me. That's an excellent point. You're right. So the fact that Sarah has in fact given birth to a child made Allison have a different opinion of her, or at least uh, thinking of her as as you say, not just a problem to be dealt with, but another potential sister. I mean, here was Allison presenting. She was identifying herself as 
a soccer mom. She is the mom of the group. You know, she's not a scientist. She's not a cop. She couldn't contribute anything with that. So she contributed the money, but then she's also contributing as I'm a mom. I have a family. I have to keep this going. Like this is her identification of herself. And then all of a sudden here comes Sarah, who is also a mom. And not only just a mom, but gave birth to a child. And it's just like she's re-identifying herself almost because she's not the only mom. That's a really good point and something to keep in mind. Then the, the scene switches to Felix's apartment with Felix and Sarah talking to Cosima uh, about this new clone um, and about the knife that she used. She almost used to kill Sarah and that uh, the significance of the design of the knife, which you probably have more details on than me because that's the thing you like to do. Right. <laughs> I was just enthralled by the the detail, the intricate, like carving on the knife and like the shape of it was really interesting. Um, and then Anne seeing Cosima so excited. She went full on nerd like full on science nerd on this. And she's throwing books and papers around and like showing, and you could just tell she's super hyped about it. And like, it was really cool to learn the history of the styles and the carvings and just like all of that. It was, I was so enthralled that I didn't even write any notes on that. Like I was just like, Ooh, right. tell me more, tell me more. Right. And then, and then of course I did have time to write Felix's I'm beginning to realize crazy can be genetic Yes. quote. Cause that was, that was I love it's that. A great and because he was, well, starts talking nature versus nurture again. I just, yeah. I, I loved, I loved it all. I yeah. loved it. I like his, he says, what, there's nine of you, I think. Four are, are dead, killed by one. One's a crazy soccer mom. One's, you know, you crazy science nerd. You make my sister look relatively sane. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a nice, lighthearted family moment that, that, yeah. we, that whole scene, even if though they're discussing a murder weapon. <laughs> right. Uh, a murder weapon that tried to murder one of them. I love the last uh, um, bit where Cosima says, did you tell Allison about the knife? <laughs> She'd crap her Lululemon. <laughs> yes. So there's a really good quote. Um, and it's true. I liked how Cosima is being protective of Allison because she knows like what Allison yes. can handle and, and right. knife wielding crazy, make her just yeah. run away. And then we speak of the devil. We go to Allison and all I could put was, I want that laundry room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gorgeous. I mean, it's as big as my office is yeah. and it just... You know, everything's organized. It's got this great island for folding. And I'm just like, ah. Oh. So she's sitting at the desk and or at that little table and she pulls out her gun and her keys and her phone and just like lines them all up and, and just sits there and talks to, oh, wait, no, does her husband come in before she Yeah, does she doesn't take out her gun until the kids are out of the house. That's right. <laughs> yeah. She... I was so proud of her for standing up to her husband first off yes. because we'd seen how well that worked in the past. Um, but she's like, nope, kids are going. You're, you you got to take them and like hands on the backpack and just like, peace out. I need a break. And I was super proud of her for that. Yeah. Then she takes out the gun and the phone and the keys and sits down at the desk. Now, I don't know, like, is she waiting for someone to come kill her? She's... Or She's afraid somebody is after her, you know, she's right. So yeah, she's prepared, um, that way. And also, um, at that end of that scene with Allison and Sarah, Sarah said, I might need you for something. I don't know what yet. So I think she's just making, clearing her schedule so she can be prepared to help Sarah ah, and have her gun that, handy. That makes more sense. It's, it's definitely, it, 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 it it makes you stop because you have no idea what's supposed to be happening next. Yeah. And, and since we have witnessed a, a shift in Allison's 
behavior and attitude already, you know, with Sarah and also with Donnie, her husband, she's, um, you know, it's like, where is she going with this? (laughs) Is she going to go completely, completely crazy herself? And, uh, so you're right. It does look at that. Another question, another mystery. Now I think we're about 10 minutes into the show. Right. Maybe (laughs) I need to write time codes on my notes just to, (laughs) to be clear sometimes, because I think, are we even close to the middle of the show? No, we are not. Nope. Because things get nope. really, really interesting in the next scene. Um, <sighs> yeah. It's a police uh, investigation scene. Art is there. Uh, Sarah pulls up as Beth. And she sees the motorcycle, the evil clone's getaway motorcycle, is laid against the curb. And she says, an expletive. And she and Art says, yeah, we found the motorcycle. The killer made a pit stop. And... <laughs> So we basically find out the the blonde clone with rebar in her side (laughs) had taken her motorcycle and stopped at a random person's townhouse in the suburbs and used their bathroom to perform all their personal surgery. Surgery and stuff. And so they follow the bloody brick road into the house. (laughs) God, yes. Gross. Uh, All of the footprints. So they go into the bathroom and it's just... it looks like a murder scene, um, but they're just like, look, she did self-surgery, like, or at this point, no, sorry, the, at this point, they, they're still calling it him, because then they go and talk to the little boy who's with his mom, and Art is like, okay, you know, what can you tell me about about the person that was the intruder, I think, or something, I can't remember specifically, mm-hmm. and he just points at Sarah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, great. But thankfully, Art thinks, like, just assumes, oh, it's a woman. Not right. it looks like her. It's a woman, which I thought was really interesting. No, and then she talks to the boy. She says, let me talk to him. His name is Trevor. She knows that he thinks, you know, she's... It's she's her. Yeah. Her, the other clone. And... It says, don't worry, in her, her Sarah voice. So Yeah, in her full British she says, accent. It's, you know, I'm not her. Um, and talks to him. He shows her one of those little folded up fortune teller things that kids make. Some people call them cootie catchers, but they... Oh, you know, I've never heard that. I've heard Chinese fortune teller, yeah. I think, is what we used to call them in school. Yeah, you can take a square piece of paper... Fold in all the corners, fold in the corners a different way, and you have a little thing which you can write numbers on the outside or colors on the outside and little fortunes inside, and you ask people to pick a number or, or color from what it's it's very creative, fun thing to make with kids, but that's not this not show. Not this way. <laughs> not this way. No. This is quite creepy because right away uh, Sarah sees there's there's weird drawings and blood on it and she asks if she can keep it which she says yes but unfortunately at that moment art notices this and says what do you have there because she was going to pocket it like she's pocketed other stuff from this killer and um she uh she has to give it to art and has to go in an evidence bag yep oh well so sarah's on a on a big case that's clear she uh i mean beth sarah as beth is now on this big murder case and following evidence and she's getting quite busy. So what does she do? She calls up Mrs. S. She's checking to confirm uh, what time she needs to be there to see Kira. And Mrs. S says eight o'clock before bedtime and don't miss it. You know, are you, why are you even calling if you're planning to be here um, on time? And so she says, if you let her down, that's it. You know, you won't get to see her again. And she uh, asks to speak to Kira. But, of course, Mrs. S says no, because she's not expecting Sarah to show up. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. she disappeared for 10 months. So I do the same thing with my daughter. If there's something that there's a chance that it won't happen, I don't tell her any of it. Because it's... It's hard to be sad about something that didn't end up happening if you don't know it was going to happen in the first place. 
and then then it pans over and there's creepy music as Kira's painting this face on a picture of mummy but like it the mouth looks like blood and it's just like we moved back to horror movie uh music yes. choices <laughs> it was oh it was so creepy yeah it was was creepy i was noticing that as well like what why so creepy right now and what's going on with kira actually yeah. i think that's makes you worry about her a bit right <laughs> And, uh, you know, she's making this great picture for her mom, but why are we concentrating on this bloody, bloody mouth? Blood is just, there's blood in this episode. It's it's the episode like, of blood. <laughs> um, Game of Clones? Uh-huh. Ooh, hey. Um, not that I would know since I admittedly am not a Game of Thrones watcher because I can't really take blood, but this blood is different. It's not surprising <laughs> blood. Uh, I, it's not not people getting killed in front of you right and left. Right. Now we go back to police headquarters, and it's like watching Law and Order. It is. It is. And uh, they they're like, okay, so it's female, and they're they they're talking about the fact that it's a female and the fact that she's a sharpshooter and how rare that is. Okay, maybe they can find out who she is because she had to have training somewhere. And That's what they, would happen on Law and Order, right? <laughs> and they would find her right away. It would be <laughs> well. They they test her DNA and <laughs> right. <laughs> but we're not there. We're not on uh, Law and Order. So they have you know all of the stuff. They're putting up information and they're connecting it with Katya's murder. So yes. they're having you know. The doll head and the body part that they they cut off of her from the quarry and like have it all on their bulletin boards to like see the connections and they also go in and look at the fortune teller and show it shows all of the different ways that they could die basically right. with right. these creepy little doll drawings and the blood that's real blood not just like red paint and. It, yeah, it's, it's super creepy. Yeah, but it's classic, classic uh, pr police procedural incident room with the right. big board and everybody standing around it. Um, so, for those of us who like those shows, we're right at home. Yes, um, for a moment, <laughs> we know what's going on with the detectives. But Sarah gets a call, um, and she picks up the. She she has to go to her desk. She picks up the phone says detective beth childs and the voice says no you're not yeah uh it's it's the clone the killer clone and she says we have a connection we have a connection it's hard for me not to do the slavic yeah. stuff because i do i did study russian for many years <laughs> uh i um, have not and okay. i uh will not attempt the yeah. Slavic uh, for so you're welcome, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, listeners, but I can't help myself. Sometimes um, she says she killer clone says to Sarah fake Beth. Um, we we have a connection, and I didn't get your name. Um, and Sarah says I didn't get yours, and the clone says Elena. So we know her name. We don't have to just call her Killer Clone or the Blonde. We have a name. She's Helena. And Sarah's like, okay, last name? She's playing Law and Order right. at this point. And Helena says, you can't play Law and Order. You can't keep being the cop. Uh, if they find me, they find you. We are both killer and cop. That's when Sarah realizes, right. It would be bad for both of us. I mean, she knows that. She's been trying to hide evidence all along. Right. But she doesn't want them to find Helena. So um, Helena wants to meet. She says, I already gave you the address. At that moment, the other detectives come out. They've deciphered the fortune teller because they've, they've tied it different parts to different addresses that they have associated with the killer, except for one that they haven't been to yet. And let's all go there. Yes. So... Everybody leaves the station. Um, Sarah, Art, 
DeAngelis, who's the other woman detective who has been working with Art and starts to get on our nerves pretty quickly because yes. she's so nosy. I mean, she is a detective, well, but she's a nosy detective. Well, she, she very much, you can tell that she really wants to be with Art. She really wants to work with him. I don't know if it's because mm -hmm. she finds him attractive or if she thinks that he's going places or if she just thinks that Beth is not good enough to be a detective anymore and is just kind of like being that bossy, jealous other person. Like, does she not have a partner at all? And that's why she's hanging right. around? Or, like, yeah. what is this? Why is she doing what she's doing, basically? Yeah, I mean, the plot needs somebody to be suspicious yeah. of, of everything. Sarah. Because Art is not suspicious enough, um, considering that Beth is, was his partner. Right. And Sarah's been able to uh, pose as Beth. And he he knows something is different. But unlike Paul, he uh, he doesn't have all the tools to figure out what. Right. Um, and I, uh, another law and order, like cop show crossover question that I had was, so they both pulled their guns. They both were shot at pretty much yesterday. Right. And yet right, there's, yesterday. there's no therapy or desk duty or like making them take a break. Again, it's totally fine. Just one of those like, this isn't a normal cop show type of a, a thought process. No. <laughs> no, it's not a normal cop show. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Clone Cop. It's the new series. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens? They all rush off and, and as the camera's showing them leaving the station, you're immediately get suspicious because it's a point of view that you're not expecting. Right. And Oh, it's Helena. <laughs> it's Helena. And she's right across the street from the precinct. And she basically got them all to leave. Yeah. And then she, she's she got her hat on and she's tucking, making sure her blonde hair is hidden. And then poor Raj comes up and like makes a comment about how, you know, tired she looks. <laughs> and, right. and she just turns and like... Like, creepy creepy like that's that's all i wrote was creepy <laughs> yeah. because her expression um especially without the mass of blonde hair like and it just concentrates on the fantastic makeup job that the makeup artist did just like the the pale yeah. pale skin and the red eyes and just like Rah. and also just her i mean the way that tatiana maslani can create completely different faces yeah um, it's more than just accents and, um, hair and clothes and hair and, and mannerisms. It's like just her so-called resting Elena face is very different from the other faces yeah. that she, she creates, which is, is one of the things, again, one of the main things about the show that's so fascinating. And I think of all of the clones it's most easy to forget that that's Tatiana Maslany too. So she goes into the precinct. She starts looking at the case board, you know, so she's in the incident room. And uh, since nobody else is there, because they all went off, um, nobody is challenging. Well, no, there's a couple. There's there's two other cops oh, in there. And she goes out. Right. Yeah. I just remember. And they like, just go. And they're just like, yeah. uh, okay. But yeah, and then she's just that's like right. looking at her handiwork, basically. Like trying to see mm -hmm. how close they are, like what they figured out. Because obviously she knows that they got the address part of things. Um, well, she gave it to them. Right. Intentionally. Right. Yeah. But got it as in they understood. Oh, I see. Because yeah. she didn't just like send them a list of addresses. Like she did, right. you know, a fancy code thing. Right. Um. So in the meantime, at the address that she sent them to, so there's a cop already at the scene and he says, you're not going to believe this. Come look. And Art and Sarah and DeAngelis go down, down, down these stairs into this, it seems like a school building or something like that. Something like that. Um, and I thought, well, now we've switched from Law and Order to X-Files. Right. <laughs> it's all flashlights in the dark going down, down, down into some dark 
area. So you get to a room which has apparently been one of Helena's lairs, and there's little stick figure drawings all over the walls. There's one that has a question mark over it. And Art says, is that her or her next victim? And then uh, Sarah says, next victim. And did you notice anything specific what caused Sarah to say that other than she knew that uh, what Helena is doing? Was there anything about this that particular figure with the question mark? Well, I know that it was a lot bigger than the others, and it seemed to yeah. be above them, like on, t- uh, on top of like a family tree type thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if mm. she's... If it was the quote-unquote original or mm-hmm. the maker of them or what particularly. Is there something else that okay. I should have? No, I don't. I, I really ask, asking oh, okay. um, sincerely. Sorry, I'm not quizzing Yeah, I know. You. I was like, wait, did I, did I, did I study for this no, test? But, no. No, sorry. You're just my details person. And I thought I watched it and, you know, I've watched it before and, and, I, I mean, I didn't go frame by frame and really study it, but I thought, hmm, was there something special about that particular stick figure that made Sarah say, yes, that's the next victim? So back at HQ, um, Helena sits at Beth's desk. That's a great scene. Yes. She First, she picks up the muffin off the right. desk. Starts. And eats it. So I, I mentioned the music in this scene in particular. Um just it was so intense it was kind of like a screeching alternative yes. i don't even know what to call it but it just made you automatically on edge um right it, like when you have you know really spooky music you know something scary is going to happen yeah the music choices in this episode are intense and more difficult and like hardcore than yes. the previous episodes for sure. No, it's true. That screech uh, sound that they keep using is very unsettling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's eating this muffin like a toddler eats, yeah. you know, uh, just shoving it all in her mouth. Well, and it makes me wonder how hungry she is. Like, has she, when was the last time she really ate a meal? Because she's pretty much, it seems like she's pretty much by herself. Um, and she sees a photo of Beth and Paul on the on the desk. And then the phone rings, and it is Paul. And he's like, how are you? She does an interesting job of using as few words as possible um, and trying to mimic Beth's uh, accent. Yeah. And she manages to convey the message. I'm not doing well. Please come and pick me up. I was, I was like, okay, is she going to kill him? Like what's going to happen? Why, why is she having him come? And what is she going to do with him? It's a good question. Yeah. Um, Then the scene changes back to the location where, uh, Helena's drawings are that layer under that basement layer, and uh, I can that's the only word I can you know. Layer is perfect, yeah. And um, DeAngelis says, Okay, we're turning it over to forensics for tonight, but it's going to be late night. So DeAngelis is pointing out to Beth that they're working late that night. You better cancel your a, dinner plans, yes. Better that's right, she said, Better cancel your dinner plans. So now Sarah's in a fix, and she calls Felix, of course. Because Felix and will fix everything. <laughs> he says to you, to Sarah, you can't miss your appointment with Kira. And Sarah says, I'm, I'm between a rock and a hard place. And Felix says, your permanent address. Yes. The wheels start turning. She says, crazy idea. Um, but if anyone could be in two places at one time... <laughs> And that's when Felix says, are you effing serious? And end of scene. So, Well, no, it, it no? zooms back and you see Felix on the phone with his paint apron naked in his apartment. Like that's the, like the end of the scene is a gratuitous <laughs> naked Felix butt shot is what I wrote. 
Because <laughs> it was totally pointless. I forgot, to... <laughs> I forgot to write that down. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll slip that in there. <laughs> okay. Of course you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then where does it go but to Allison? In right. Still in the laundry room, but she apparently has knitted a set of mittens. And she apparently has a wine refrigerator in the laundry room. Yes, or she or she brought it from the kitchen. Either one. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, though, she she's pouring a glass of wine or yeah. another glass of wine. Hard to say because we don't know really how long she's been there. So Felix, uh, uh, there's a knock on the door, and it's Felix, and he says Sarah needs your help with her daughter. So we can only think great shenanigans are going to happen next well and and like how smart is felix in that he plays up that angle because he knows that she's a mom that cares about her kids and she's seen allison interacting with her own children and so he knows where to poke and how to get her help then there's a there's a quick scene back at the at the police headquarters where um, they come back, you know, to the precinct and they find that Helena has um, altered their case board and rearranged their photos. Into a person. something very creepy. Yeah. Yeah, p- person. So mm-hmm. as soon as she sees the pictures, she's like, oh, my goodness, Helena had to have been here. Yeah. And it sits at her desk um, and finds the empty muffin wrapper. Right. And <laughs> it's like the three bears. Um, and also the, there's a photo of Maggie Chen who, uh, Beth had killed and she did not have a photo of Maggie Chen before. Chen. Yeah. And then she pulls it off and, and then, uh, Paul's eyes are scratched out. Yeah. So that doesn't look very promising uh, either. Um, but that's a pretty quick scene. And then we're back at Allison's house for one of the best <laughs> scenes because Allison's like, Sarah wants me to impersonate her and Felix is like, yeah, you know, she could lose her child. And Allison's like, well, maybe she should, maybe child's better off with her foster mother. Um, and then Felix does the great, you know, pep talk line of Sarah is fighting the killer clone. So your kids don't become orphans and you need to step up sister. Yeah. And this is the great, like Allison and Felix bonding moment um uh, that i love is that 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 we find out that allison is a theater nerd on top of everything else or a theater wannabe um and she's like oh i could do that i did steal magnolias a confession i've never seen steel magnolia so i didn't re- i know what the the reference is to but i've never watched it so i don't know who the daryl hannah character is or why that's important. So maybe if you do all your theater um, ex- right. expertise right. is probably more interesting than mine at this point. Well, I was trying to remember if Daryl Hannah had a British accent because I mean, it takes place yeah. in the South and like, okay, hold on. You gotta look it yeah. up. Okay. I don't think she actually has, I mean, she has a Southern accent so maybe to, that's her yeah. thought was that like she's done an accent that she before. can do accents yeah and the southern accent a British accent it's all the same thing right. I, but no um, it's really not <laughs> yeah is this where she does no this isn't where she does the rain in Spain <laughs> no it is oh, where is she it? does okay it. and then she Felix does, is yeah. like hold on Eliza yeah. We're going to have to reverse Pygmalion you. Yes. Oh, gosh. It was so funny. It was – I loved – yeah, I just really loved this scene. I mean, you Allison became more humanized in it, um, less perfect, et cetera. But just like overall, it really like – it set up shenanigans to come in a brilliant way. Yeah, it was very funny. I liked it a lot. As you say, there's going to be – it's setting up an interesting scene. Um, then there's another scene back at headquarters, which I would say is not very interesting. Paul shows up. He's, I wrote, Paul shows up, confusion, kissing. Well, and it's funny because actually before that, 
um, I, I was talking about the knife imprint that's on the back of ne- Maggie's neck. Um, mm-hmm. because I think Sarah as Beth is looking at, um, the, uh, file on Maggie and sees the knife, like, mm-hmm. pressing in the, the dead bodies, uh, in the back of her neck, just like, it's like, okay, well, it, it adds another, like, wait, where did this come from? Why? Because, I mean, you mentioned previously that Maggie was something in the future, but, like, I still don't know what, and I still don't know why. And so it's really, it was like, okay, this is tying more and more Helena with Maggie. So there was more than just Paul shows up (laughs) confusion and kissing. But the Paul part, just that that could have been left out, except that we wondered, why did Helena call him? I'm glad he shows up in that you know that Helena didn't kill him or kidnap yes. him or anything. <laughs> like, it's a, good, it's a good start. So then we have Sarah and Cosima on the phone, and Cosima's um, saying Helena and Maggie are connected, and Beth probably killed her on purpose, um, that she... That this Helena is obviously a religious psychopath, um, and they say the word "angry angel." Yes, which is interesting. Well, and that's going back to yeah, that's what um, the little boy called mm-hmm. her. And what you said in the end of episode three about the scars on her back that look like wings. Yeah, I think that you that confirms that you you got it right. You 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 saw that um, as more than just a. Uh, random collection of scars, but it was meant to look like angel wings. So they're talking about the biblical explanation of Helena and how like revenge and savior and like they start building up some explanations of Helena as a personality and like why she's doing things that she's doing. Um, And as, as Cosima points out, clones are an abomination in the eyes of creationists. Yes. Which I hadn't really thought through before but now i um that makes total sense um and that helena is trying to redeem herself right. you know that her she knows she's a clone but she's uh trying to reverse this abomination by killing off the clones um uh, that she can find and then she walks, Sarah walks back into the station and I made a comment, I made a note about how she unbuttons her jacket because it's so weird. So it's been outside, she's cold. So she comes inside and she starts unbuttoning from the second button down all the way down to the bottom and then comes back up and unbuttons the top button, which I was just like, why would, what? I, I even like backed it up to see if it that actually was what it was just a very odd choice. So now I'm curious, does Tatiana, is that how she unbuttons her jacket? So, so that's when uh, Art is asking Sarah, what's up with Paul? Um, and she's like, oh, you know, we're good. We're, you know, I thought you, he's, Art's like, I thought you were splitting up. Well, Sarah says we're giving it another try, like this normal relationship up and downs. Um, But Art does tell her that the facial recognition on the corpse that they found in the quarry is almost finished. So, so the clock is ticking that they're going to get a uh, facial reconstruction, digital facial reconstruction that will look like Sarah slash Beth. And then the jig will really be up. Whether they find DNA or fingerprints or anything, though. right? <laughs> it will be uh, very, uh, very hard to explain her way out of that. So then Sarah's on the phone with Helena again, and uh, Helena says things must be getting uncomfortable for you now um, because now they've seen the lair, they've got so much information, they're very close to finding the killer, or at least identifying the killer, and. She's showing her, like, I can make things very difficult for you. And to to cap that off, she she says, you need to, we need to meet. You have my invitation. 
And at that moment, Beth gets a email with a video clip. And the video clip is Helena posing as Beth sitting at the, in front of the computer, making a confession of killing Maggie Chen on purpose. Obviously Sarah's freaked out. So Helena has her, her barter, you know, bargaining chip. Yes. If Sarah doesn't come and meet her, Helena has um, the means to really blow up the Beth life uh, for Sarah and get Beth, Sarah slash Sarah in big trouble. Yeah. So of course she goes. And now the, the last, like, I mean, I would say this is about 10 minutes or so of the show that we have left. There's so much cutting back and yes. forth. <laughs> so there is Beth driving in Chinatown, but in the meantime, there's also Felix and Allison taking a cab to Mrs. S's house. And Allison is doing her Eliza Doolittle yes. stuff still. I mean, she's like, oh, I'm gasping for fag, whatever she yes. says. And Felix's like, nope, don't say that. Sarah never smoked. And they're walking in. He's giving her a hard time. And finally, Allison, as Sarah says, shut up. And he says, now, now you've got, you've it. got it. You know, <laughs> treat, treat me like that. And then you seem like Sarah, said. don't be... Don't have good manners. And they n knock on the door and Mrs. S lets, lets them in. Meanwhile, we're also cutting back to the headquarters where Art is sitting at Beth's desk and seeing the Maggie Chen files and the photo of... Um, Paul scratched out. Paul's with his eyes scratched out. And he's already said... He had a conversation with DeAngelis to say, have you ever been in a fight with a woman have you ever killed a woman they they move different they smell different um i think it's weird do you think it's weird that beth didn't realize that the killer was a woman right um i.e now he's finally suspicious of beth, right. uh that she might be hiding something and start snooping uh, which is how yes. he you know learns that he so he looks at he finds the notepad that uh, Sarah had written, you know, the address on, and using his sharp detective skills, <laughs> sees the pressure <laughs> that was written so yes. he can see the address, which also, after looking in the file, turns out to be Maggie's apartment. So now he's like, right. great, we're back to Maggie, who you killed, I covered up. We like moved past the inquest, like all of these steps. And now you're going back to Maggie's apartment. Like what? And then of course it cuts back to Mrs. S and Kira and Allison and Felix and Kira's all shy. And then she says, you're not my mom. You're not my mother. Well, like right after, after Mrs. S leaves. and Felix leave yeah. the room. So she, she doesn't say anything until Mrs. S. Um, it's just the two of them. And Allison tries to say, oh, you're being ridiculous. And she says, well, what do you call me? And she says, monkey, which everybody knows. Right. She calls her monkey. She says, what else do you call me? I'm like, whoa. Uh oh. I don't know the answer to that question. Right. She's like, bum? <laughs> Face? <laughs> That's a great moment. Yeah. And then she, she realized there's no way she can trick Kira. And she, she says, I, I'm not your mommy. Your mommy's out doing something very brave, which gives us a cut to a scene with um, Sarah going into Maggie Chen's apartment. And that's like the longest walk upstairs yeah. to an apartment. Like so many little things are happening that make Sarah jumpy before she even gets to the apartment door. They really... They dragged that out, but they were cutting it with, um, I mean, Art had said, he said, I got to go check on something. And DeAngelis is like, I, I'll go with you. And he's like, no, I don't. I, DeAngelis says, what's going on, Art? And he says, I'll tell you when I know. Right. And so, so we know Art is following Beth, Sarah, Beth slash Sarah to the, um, Apartment. To Maggie Chen's apartment. And can I point out that in this show we've had, in this particular episode, we have Beth slash Sarah. We have her 
you know, as a regular. Right now we had Beth slash Helena. Yes. And now we have Allison slash Sarah. Right. It's insane. This episode's insane with the impersonations of impersonations. Yeah. So, yeah, this is where, like, I, I finally just lost the thread of, like, what, what cut to what, next. you know, yeah. because they, they really do cut back and forth so fast. But um, I think now we go, so we get into Maggie's apartment and yeah. uh, Helena is there in a nighty uh, and with blood all over it. Um, and yeah. Helena's like, you're different than the others. She And she's in this pose of like, you know, it's almost like a religious statue. Yeah. Um, with her uh, upturned hands and arms, like sort of supplicating. Uh, it's a, it's a very nice, I mean, if you, nice in the sense of nicely. It's, it's beautifully shot. Scene. It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's scary looking, but nicely uh, shot. And, uh. I don't have specifics other than like Beth, Sarah as Beth. No, Sarah, just Sarah. <laughs> Sarah <laughs> is trying to understand more of where Helena is coming from. Um, right. And she's learning that Maggie was involved. Um, Helena says, right. Maggie helped make you. Yeah. Um, so Maggie was involved, I think she's implying there, Maggie was involved in the cloning project. Right. And then she turned against the cloning project and became, like Helena, uh, uh, motivated by religious desires. Desires. Uh, um, and she, uh, I mean, it's interesting because Helena, she's looking like a little bit like a saint or an angel. Uh, and, but Beth is not playing into that. And she actually kicks her in that side where the rebar right. had been. <laughs> so she, she's, she's a bit brutal with her. She's not being, um, nice to her. Which trying is understandable to, since she yes. tried to kill her. Kill her. Like, right. But I think it also is where she, she's, she's using that to get Helena to cut to the chase and, tell her what she needs to know like why is she here and that's what she finds out you know that they make these clones they're uh, um they're they're how does she say a terrible copy of god's creation right and they must be killed and then beth, beth oh, not beth. sarah sarah <laughs> it clicks in her head sarah, it clicks, and she says, "You you think you're the original? They told you you, you were they the, told you. the original. Like, you're yeah, you're the same. We're the same, and and that's where Helena can't process uh, it. Can't process that. She wants to believe that sh she is the original. She's special, and she also feels something about Sarah that she's special. But the rest of the clones are just horrible copies that need to be stamped out. Right." Um, then, then there's a knock at the door. I mean, Art, we've seen Art's on his way and he's knocking on the door and saying, Beth, Beth, are you in there? And once again, Sarah realizes she can't have Art find <laughs> no. Helena. So she can't kill Helena and have him find the body either. He has, she has to let her go. And she says, go, go out the window. And the whole time, get out of here. Uh, Helena's like, you don't feel it. You don't feel it, yeah. like wondering, yeah. like the right. connection, this connection between them. Right. So, so Art breaks in and, and, and Beth is, is like, he's like, what are you doing? You know, wh who's here? And she, she's like, nothing, nothing's going on, which is pretty hard to believe. And nobody believes it. <laughs> so I think we have one more bit with Mrs. S and. Sarah, uh, Allison. S. Allison and Felix and Kira because Allison says now Kira's calling her Auntie Allison, which is really adorable. That's so cute. And she says, uh, you, I'm sorry to do this, but you have to keep this a secret. 
and the then Mrs. S and Felix come in the room and and the, the Mrs. S is saying, "Okay, Kira, upstairs, get on your PJs." And she looks at Allison and she says, "Good night, mummy." Yes. And it's like, "Okay, she's she's on she's board." She's a smart kid. She's in Clone Club yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, and go ahead. And I I was just going to say that uh, then Allison is like, "Okay, I'm going to I want to do more." And is like, I'm going to pick her up from school. Like, doesn't even ask <laughs> Mrs. S. It's just like, I'm going to put myself in this situation. And Mrs. S does some sort of affirmative. And Felix goes, well, release the doves. World peace must be right around the corner. <laughs> and Mrs. Yeah, S that goes, was piss really off cute. you. It's super cute. Yeah. But, you know, you could see it on Mrs. S's face that she's like, okay, this is proving that... Sarah, Allison as Sarah, uh, wants to spend time with the daughter, like wants to go out of her way, not on her schedule, but on what would be best for Kira. Yeah, that was a lovely, as as we have said before, we love that family unit. We love Mrs. S as the the matriarch of that family unit and... uh, it's only going to grow. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> uh-huh. um, so then we cut to back at the precinct, right? Uh, and back Sarah's with with Art and her boss, um, the sergeant. I guess I don't. I don't know his name. I don't remember it. I, yeah. Um, but she basically quits. You know, hands yes. over her badge and gun, and is like, "Peace out." Not really, yeah. but. Like, well, she did not say peace out. Listen. No. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be suspicious she's not the right clone. Um, <laughs> right. She said, she does say, like, I was wrong. I need to, you know, I I came back too soon. I can't deal with this. I am quitting. And Art is really mad. He's like, after everything we've done for you, after everything, you know, that we've tried to help you with, and the boss is saying... You know, that's not the way to go, child. You shouldn't quit. But she has to quit because any moment now that facial recognition is going to appear right. in somebody's inbox, that's why she's quitting, yeah. right? I mean, I'm pretty I, sure that's, I, I, that's I think so. the motivation. Well, that and the fact that she's seen how much Helena can mess with her um, and mess that's with yeah. the her job and her relationships and by – quitting she's able to take the cops and the police work out of the situation um so it's no mm-hmm. longer <laughs> it's no longer a factor in her life yes and it's no longer a possibility for helena and whoever else is with helena you know influencing helena it's no longer you know a target for them if she can take herself out of the situation and then the final scene. Final scene is almost as creepy as the opening scene. Yes. Well, and the the use of the fast forwarding, like the speeding up of the the f- not film, but of the visuals with Helena stumbling down the alley, like just really added that creepy layer. And she passes out, and then here comes this van, and a hand pets her head with a falcon ring or a, a ring of some sort with some sort of bird. I was wondering about that ring. So was it a bird? I was, I was wondering if it was an angel. Oh, I um, guess it could have been an angel. I, I it, wrote falcon. I paused but... it and I looked at it, you know, but I couldn't make it out. It wasn't a fish. I thought it was going to be a fish. Like the I knew knife. for sure that it was not a fish, which was weird. Because I was like, everything yeah. else was a fish. So maybe this is something else or someone yeah. else or who knows. But he basically picks her up and puts her into the van and end scene. And the episode is over. And you're just like, what did I just watch? Yeah. So this is a long episode of Sestracast. It's the same amount of minutes of Orphan Black. But so much happens in this episode. <laughs> What you know, like I I said, when you when you when you try to keep track of the clone clones and clone combos going on in this one episode, it's mind boggling. Yeah, and then the things that you learn. I mean, we learn a lot about Helena 
in this episode. We didn't know anything before. And now we have a pretty good picture of where she's coming from mentally. And then there's the Allison development where Allison goes from being very brittle soccer mom as of last episode to being somebody who can impersonate another clone, you know, put herself out there. And is willing to do it. Yeah. And is is as invested now in Sarah as Sarah is becoming invested in her clone sisters. Yes. It's it's quite a sp- and there's still good Felix quotes in it, even right. though Felix is <laughs> right? not not the main <laughs> subject of this episode at all. But he gets to ask some of the best lines as usual. So. I don't know what we would do. Please tell me there's no episode where Felix does not show up at least once. I can't tell you anything. <laughs> if I tell you something, I would have to. I don't know. I wouldn't kill you. So I think we can wrap this one up. I, I I'm really yeah. excited about doing another episode because there's so many questions and I think we get some answers next week and I get to watch another episode of Orphan Black for the nth time. So I should be keeping track of this. Um, How much time am I spending on Orphan Black? Because (laughs) There might need to be an intervention at some point. (laughs) Never. You have an excuse. Thank you for listening. Um, Kathy, do you want to let them know where they can find more Yes, you can find us online on the Fantastic Incomparable Network uh, or at SestraCast.com. We are at SestraCast on Twitter. You can also tweet us individually. I am at Mrs. Soup and Jean is at Mac Genie. Uh, We hope you really enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you think. Until next week. It's been fun. Bye, guys. Bye.